Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss, your host. Thank you for joining me and thank you for being a fan, for joining us on our Facebook group, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter podcast, Facebook group, as well as for uh, following us on Twitter and Patreon and all the other aspects where we have the opportunity of engaging with you. It has been fun. The show's been running now for many years, and again, many of you reach out and engage and contact, and sometimes we make contacts that we have uh, developed into friendships. You know, I have a guest today who, this is the first time he and I have ever met, but we've known each other for years, and I have watched with admiration as he has been incredibly successful with becoming a coach and a guide and a luminary voice in the space of crowdfunding, and so I'm uh, I'd love to welcome Salvador Brigman. Salvador, thanks for joining me. Richard, thanks for having me on, man. The legendary Richard Bliss. Well, I like, I've been waiting for this moment forever, dude. Uh huh. Well, you okay? You could have reached out, <laughs> but what was funny is that I reached out to you, and I thought, well, yeah, Salvador and I have known each other for years, and then I realized, yet yeah, yeah. we had never talked to each other. Yeah. Fun fact, Richard is the one who kind of inspired me to actually start my podcast. Like he was the first one kind of getting in the industry there, doing podcasting, like even before podcasting was cool. So I, was, I saw you and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Like I've got to learn how to do this. Well, I, I, and, appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. Because yeah, my first few episodes were so cringeworthy, <laughs> but it, it was great and I've gotten better over the years and I'm so glad now we can both, you know, share education with the audience out there. I think it's really important. So let's tell people what is, what's the name of your podcast? So my podcast is called Crowdfunding Demystified, and I'm kind of similar to you, you know, bringing on people who have real world experience with crowdfunding, understanding what they do right in order to get funding to their Kickstarter, Indiegogo, real estate crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding, like you name it. Um, so the podcast, that's really the goal is like to document, I think, and to, so oftentimes you can't read a lot of this stuff in books, like to know these tricks or secrets and stuff. So I try to actually tease it out of the guests and like figure out what they're doing behind the scenes. Um, when you see like a mega campaign, you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. So it's all about discovering and sort of unearthing that for the audience. And you're also part, I mean, this, your podcast is just one aspect of that because crowd crux is the, is the, basically the, the umbrella that brings all that together, right? Yeah. So I have the blog. I started in 2012, Crowd Crux, and then the YouTube channel and the podcast. Um, the podcast for me is kind of like really the diehard fans because they're the people that are staying around listening to, you know, 40 minute long episodes. They're really taking uh, notes and they're doing their homework. And I think I you know I love podcasts myself as well. So I think it's incredible that you can now like literally hear what someone who has made six or seven figures with a campaign, you can ex exactly hear what they're doing. And they're just telling you like, this is what got me funding. This is what I did. This is where I was uncertain and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's really a different level of power kind of than just reading a blog article. It, it really is. And so one of the things that we have talked about is, is that when it comes time to launch a crowdfunding campaign, whether it's on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or many of the other ones that you just mentioned, there are some pre pre launch things that you need to go through, right? And you and I had talked about that briefly. You want to share with the audience what 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 you mean by that? 
Yeah, sure. So um, when I first got into crowdfunding, we didn't really know like how to successfully fund a campaign. We didn't really know why people actually support these projects. And I think people were just kind of throwing the projects and kind of seeing what worked. And we started to see some amazing like viral successes, you know, Oculus Rift, seeing a guy make a potato salad and like raise $50,000. And like it was incredible. I think over the years, we've been kind of discovering the actual proven path, if you will, to get a campaign funded. So I've been doing, I've been documenting that a lot in my book, The Kickstarter Launch Formula. And one of the things that's sort of been like a hallmark is figuring out, do people actually want to buy this thing and validating the product? And there, there it can't be enough said about that. I think there's a lot of mystery around like, well, if you don't have an audience or, you know, you don't want to you know share these like secret drawings that you have for fear of people ripping you off or something. How do you actually validate that? You know, how do you make it so that, you know, going into the campaign that there already is some kind of demand for the project? So if you want, I can kind of get into the framework behind that and some of the ways actually that people are already doing that. Does that, that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good because it's obvious that there are so many times that people have it what they think is a brilliant idea and their friends and family are like, Oh yeah, that's great. And then it just, it is not based in reality. And I guess that's one of the things that you need to do is be able to find a way to do a, a reality check. Is this something that's valid? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear what you, what you suggest on that. Totally. And I mean, your friends and your family are awesome, but they're also, they're, they have, they have an investment where they want to make you feel good because it's good for the relationship, you know, but that's not always necessarily what's going to be profitable from a business standpoint. So you sort of have like the first phase where basically you've identified some kind of a need in the marketplace. You've done your research or you yourself have experienced the problem. You've decided to actually create this product and you've created this prototype. So what I'm describing is like post prototype phase where you've already kind of invested a little bit just to make even just a simple like working prototype or get a sense of that from there you basically want to start to take this to strangers and you want to discover whether or not people care about the promise that you're making with the product and kind of goes back to that every single product you're making some kind of promise to people out there so this promise could be this new camera is going to film in 4k and it's going to be way better resolution people are going to think you it's like movie star quality kind of film or this new backpack is going to be so efficient allow you to pack everything in it so that way you only need to carry this backpack when you're going on a plane ride and you don't need any kind of like care on or something like that. There's always some kind of major promise that you're making with the product. And what you want to do is you basically want to test, number one, do people care about that promise? Number two, are they willing to, do they want to find out more, like where they can actually buy this thing? And um, also, do the people who you know, actually care about, do they have the money in general to be able to like transact with you and such? So the, the way that it's typically done right now um, with a lot of campaigns is you want to conduct a pre-launch and the way you do that is you want to put together some kind of a landing page that number one has a really big promise, like smack dab in the center of that landing page. You want to go into some of the benefits of that and kind of paint the emotional picture of what is this person's life going to be like before and after they buy the products. You don't have to yet get into logic like this is why it works, this is the functionality, all that kind of stuff yet. But you want to use the landing page to have a big promise and to have a bunch of different benefits there. And then you basically, one easy way is you can ask for an email. You can say, hey, do you want to um, get 30% off? Do you want to you know, find out when this is going to go live? Enter your name and email here. And what you do is you do a Facebook ad. You advertise that with a good creative, ideally a video of some kind. And you sort of test and gauge demand. So are you getting comments? Are you getting shares? What's your cost per lead like? How many people are signing up? That's like one simple way you could do a launch validation. There are two other a little bit more sophisticated ways if you want we could get into yeah, so on that one, let's just make sure everybody understands what we're talking about. So the, the 
principles of the mechanics of what you've just described are first, go build yourself a web. We assume that you've got the prototype or everything. Build yourself a landing page. How do I do that? First person is going to say, well, how do I do that? And Mm -hmm. what's a quick way of of building a landing page? You can go to, you could use lead pages. You could use Squarespace. um, You could use ClickFunnels. There there are tons of different software out there. Great. So you go out there, you just build yourself a nice single page. It doesn't have to have uh, sub pages or... or, uh, Should not. No, definitely should not. It is just, here it is. And then, and I like what you said. Here's the promise. I'm going to make your life better because... And there's that promise. And you're right. You don't mm-hmm. get into the features, the functionality, any of that type of stuff that we talk in the software and hardware industry. Yeah. And then, I like what you've said. Let's just be clear. Is that you're not saying it's available now. You're saying that it's coming, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it's going to be launching, yeah. It's going to be launching. And if you'd like more information, please put your email address in here and we will notify you when it comes. And that's probably one of the single most important aspects, isn't it? Totally. And the other thing is, I'll give you an example just to make it a little bit more concrete. So I was working working with a client. I won't go fully in depth into the product, but basically their their product was for outdoor people and campers. Um, and this product was a multi-tool. So it did a bunch of different things. Um, so the first time that we created a landing page and I did the Facebook ads for them, we sold it as a multi-tool. And that that ad was starting to get some traction. It was starting to do, you know, it was doing decently. Um, and then we had an idea, like, what if we actually focused on one piece of functionality of this multi-tool? So let's just say, for example, it was like the lighter. And we just focused on the lighter. And like the, the other kind of functionality was like a secondary component. So the big promise was actually more focused on the lighter. Right. So we we actually then ran the second ad and that ad ended up doing like two to three times better than the initial one. It's the same product. The only difference was that the promise was switched up. So the cool thing about this sort of phase of just putting together a simple landing page and running ads and seeing how it performs, you could do this literally for 50 bucks if you want to, you know, you can see how people are engaging with that content, with that promise and how much they want it. Now that we know that, that the second approach was better, when we go live on Kickstarter, you bet, you know, you bet we're going to be focusing more on that. So let's go back. Had we not known that, it wouldn't be as successful. Absolutely. And I love that. And so let's go back then. So uh, when you said that, so did you change the landing page or did you just change the ads that drove people to the landing page? You changed both. So I changed the ads, the copy for that, and then I changed the big promise on the landing page and sort of what it emphasized. So let's go back now to the ads that you're running because I love this idea as well. So you're running just Google AdWords. Is that what we're doing? Just Facebook ads. Oh, so simple Facebook ads. And it's... You're experimenting with the promise. Yes. Right? You're experimenting with the promise and you're trying those different aspects. You know, the reason I like this, Salvador, is because as I listen to um, Ferris, right, the four-hour work week, the book, a four-hour work week, which uh, a lot of people have heard of, he, before he even began writing the book, he just ran Google ads with different titles and Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. tracked and then just had a single page that said, this book's coming. And just tracked which one generated the most attention. And like you said, he ran it for a couple of bucks and was able to immediately see that this message resonated. And that's where the title for our work week came from. Right? You're yeah. Saying, you're that, saying, that man was before his time. <laughs> he was. He was. But that's the principle you're talking about here is this for some simple, a few dollars of AdWords placed on Facebook, excuse me, ads placed on Facebook, yeah. you can find out whether your message is actually resonating. 
Yeah, and you can also find out, so like the problem could be maybe you're targeting the wrong people, maybe the ad creative isn't good enough, and people aren't even clicking to the page. So it can tell you a lot of different stuff about the funnel. And also, you can get comments. So we were getting comments, people asking like, how much is it, or where can you buy it, and these things. That's that's a buying question. People then, it's indication they want to figure out, they want this thing. They, they It looks cool to them. Um, so that, that's like one simple way that you could do pre-launch validation. There are two other ones if you want I can get into. I do want you to but I have one more question because you uh, mentioned something. When you said they had comments and they said, where can I get this? How were they making those comments? Where were those comments they, showing the, up? They leave the comment on the Facebook ad. Oh, on the Facebook ad itself. Okay. That's yeah. where you were tracking yeah. that. All right. And the reason I'm asking these details is because somebody's listening and they're like, that's great. And then they're going to get off the – stop listening. They're going to go back and they're going to say, wait. Wait, and they're going to run into these little things like, okay, I don't know that step. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's really important. Okay, so now yep. you've got a couple more. Let's talk about uh, a few of these other ideas. So another idea is um, one of the common questions I get is, okay, so just because people sign up for the email list to find out where to buy, um, number one, like how do I know that person is going to convert, right? And you don't. So one way you could get around that if you want to do a different different test that's a little bit more sophisticated is – you could have people reserve their spot to be notified of the launch, and they could do that for a dollar. Or if you know you really want to study, you can do it for five bucks. Um, but just a dollar is like a very simple nominal token where you can say, "Does this look cool to you?" You can reserve your spot and lock in a thirty percent discount. All you got to do is pay one dollar. You reserve your spot. You'll be the first to be notified when this thing goes live um, or when this is available to buy. And what that does is the people that join that email list and pay a dollar are basically pre-qualified. They're investing something. If you've ever gone, to, if you've ever you know hosted an event or you've attended an event. The, usually, typically the paid events are the ones that see the most turnout, and that's good because if you paid 20 bucks to attend an event, you bet your ass like you're going to go and attend that event. Right. If it's a free event, you may or may not. You'd see like 50% you know, show up or something. Do you know Whereas I bought with a, a paid event, everyone is showing up. I bought a car that way. What do you mean by that? I bought a car based on that very principle because I, own, I am now on my third smart car. And a smart, you know, the tiny little uh, smart cars that zip around. I went before they came to the United States, they ran ads because I traveled to Europe. I saw one. I wanted one. They ran ads and said, if you'd like to reserve a car to be first in line to purchase one of these cars, plunk down $99 and we will alert you when they become available and tell us how you want it and tell us how you want it designed. And I got to pick the panels and the colors and everything. I hadn't bought it yet. And uh, they contacted me and said, hey. Your car is at the lot if you'd like to purchase it. You have 72 hours to buy it. If you don't, we're going to sell it to somebody else. That's a, the, I love that urgency, too, that they added into their marketing. Right. and that it, makes you take action. And I went down to the dealership and bought it, and they said, you're the 13th person. I was living in San Diego at the time. You're the 13th person in San Diego to purchase a smart car. Congratulations. And it was like the 130th in, the, in California. But that worked. That's, that's that's really smart marketing, no pun intended. No, right? And here's the thing. I drove it home, <laughs> and when I got home, I pulled up in front of my house, and a guy pulls up in another one next to me in my ha- at my house. I could not believe it that there were 13 of That's them in San wow. and we were neighbors. So there we go. Okay, sorry. I just had to tell that story. because yeah, I think w- I like. Yes, but it yeah. works. That little uh, asking. Hey, I got to ask, though, how did you collect that money? See, I mean, you can do it in a lot of different ways. Um, if you're doing it with lead pages, they have an integration where you can just really easily accept payments. 
Um, you could set up a PayPal buy button if you're using WordPress. Like it kind of depends if you're using ClickFunnels, you know, it can come with software. Like it depends on what kind of software you're using. Um, but if, if you know an easy way, you can even use Gumroad if you want to. Like Gumroad is a simple like online digital payments kind of thing. Perfect. So there are a lot of easy ways to get it done. It's really not the functionality that I think that um, is super hard to implement. It's just the being willing to invest in a test. So if you're saying, okay, you know what, I'm going to test this. I'm going to run three tests, do 50 bucks a pop, and we're going to do that. And at least that way, have a little bit more confidence going into the launch. You got to be willing to invest in it a bit. Okay. That's a great one. I like that uh, saying here. Plop down a dollar, we'll put you at the top of the list, and you'll have, uh, I like that. And then they get something for that contribution of a dollar. Okay? Mm-hmm. What else we got? So the third way um, is a little bit different because this is when you're actually testing the price of a product. And this is a big question I get a lot is like, how do I know if this price is going to resonate with the marketplace? Am I charging too much? Am I charging too little? Um, are people even going to buy this thing? So one of the the third way that you could do to sort of test the demand for the product, and again, this is if you have the prototype, and you can already show some photos and stuff, would be to create a two-step landing page. So typically you just want to do one step, but for this specific technique, you want to do a two-step landing page. So the, this, the first step is basically say, similar to the first kind of landing page. You'd have the big promise, you'd have some benefits, and then you'd have a big fat button, and that button would say, do you want to learn more? And once they click that learn more button, it takes them to the second landing page. And on the second landing page, you have more descriptive information. You get a little bit more into like the, the functionality, a little bit more logic, if you will. And then it has the price and says, do you want to basically a buy button? They click the buy button. It's going to go to another page that basically says, hey, sorry, we're actually just testing. We're going to be launching on Kickstarter soon. Thank you so much for your interest. We appreciate it a lot. But this is actually going to come out in like a week from now or two weeks from now or whatever. So what that does is that simple process, you can see visibly how many orders you're getting at that specific price point. So if you spend, let's just say, you know, 100 bucks on Facebook ads and you end up generating from that X many orders, you can go back and you can see, okay, we spent $100, it created this amount of revenue, this is our profit margin, this is how profitable that ad was. And it can at least give you some idea of the demand that's out there in the real marketplace for your product. After seeing your photos, after seeing the benefits and the functionality, all that stuff, and people are sold, that gives you way more confidence going into a campaign. This has been absolutely incredible. Such a, a incredible amount of content crammed into such three simple little ideas. What yeah, be- dude. <laughs> I know. I love this, man. I bring my A game hey, just is- for you. Well, I appreciate that. Let's, as we wrap up, let's tell people where they can go get all of this information that you're just so freely delivering to them. Where should they go to find out more information and to basically pay attention to what you're doing? So the the first one is if you like listening to podcasts, um, I have the crowdfunding demystified podcast. Really easy. You can go into some of the archives. If any of the episodes pop out at you, you want to learn how people raise money, you can go and check out that. If you've been listening for a while and you're like, okay, I just want to know like the step by step process. Like I just want to know how to do this thing and like all the nitty gritty stuff that we didn't really get a chance to cover in today's podcast. You could check out the Kickstarter launch formula on Audible. So this is actually an audio book. So you can listen to this on the way to work. If you're jogging, you're doing dishes whatever you can listen to the audible book it's a really easy way i think to download the information into your head and just have a very clear sense of like what you got to do from fulfillment to the video to rewards to marketing like email list all that kind of stuff so if you go to crowdcrux.com slash kickstarter audio 
That's C-R-O-W-D-C-R-U-X.com slash Kickstarter audio. That takes you to the Audible book, the Kickstarter launch formula. You can grab a copy. Um, they also have this like promo going on where if you get a, three, a free 30-day trial of Audible, you also get a free copy of the book, which is pretty cool. So that's, that's a good, I'd say an easier way to get started. But you can always reach out to me also if you want. Um, you know, I'm always open and available to, to talk with people and, and these different things. What's the easiest way to get hold of you? Uh, is it on Twitter? The easiest way to get a hold of me is probably to to shoot me an email. Um, you go to my website, CrowdCrux, and you just go to my About section. My email is there. You can shoot me an email there. Uh, but I do recommend at least you know uh, diving in a little bit to the educational content because that's really going to answer a lot of your questions. And I want to make sure that you um you basically you know by the time you are ready to launch, you should have at least a, a pretty decent idea of what you got to do going forward. And I can then kind of look over your strategy or I can help you in more tangible ways versus what is Kickstarter? You know, what's the difference between this and Indigo? Those are kind of more basic questions that you you could easily just get answered by digging into some content. Perfect. Salvador, this has been great. Thank you very much for joining me on the show. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, I really appreciate also you bringing me on here. Like I said, I think you're you're one of the pillars in this industry, probably one of the earliest pillars when it comes to crowdfunding. You, like me, have seen so many of these campaigns be successful. You've been putting out educational content very regularly. I mean, you're at 300 plus episodes. So um, I think what you're doing here is incredibly important and also educating entrepreneurs and people as to how to do this. I think there's literally nothing else that is needed more right now. So thank you so much for also hosting the show. I appreciate that. You continue to, that'll continue to inspire me to keep delivering content. You've been listening to Great. Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Salvador Brigman. He's with Crowd Crux, crowdcrux.com. And you've heard some very inspirational content. I know you have because I got the hair standing up on my uh, arms that uh, I've been inspired by what he has shared. If you have any questions, Please reach out to him, and uh, he will be very open to uh, having a conversation with you. Thanks for listening. Take care.